Hawk fans, and welcome to another edition of the Coach's Corner Podcast. My name is Joe Greenwich, and I am joined by St. Joseph's softball head coach Aaron Brooks to talk about the upcoming 2023 season that gets underway this week. Coach, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate being here. Now, you guys are getting ready to head out to your first games of the season already, but uh, been a little bit of, a, of an interesting uh, start to the semester. I know there's some construction work going on on that side of campus, and uh, uh, things maybe not as they usually are, and, and, and some, some challenges to work around. H- how has everybody adjusted to all the hullabaloo on the other side of campus? Yeah, it's been different, you know, being removed from our normal space that, that we had come to enjoy. But, um, you know, we're excited that it's finally getting changed as well. So I think that's really where our mindset's been is just on focus on the end product. Um, for now, uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of work in on the Hagen side of, of campus. I think once we get back over and we get going on our field, we'll start feeling the difference a little bit. Um, but uh, word on the street is our trailer showed up today. So we're excited <laughs> to see this and, and make them our, our new home for a little bit. Well, talking about getting into this season, last year you guys had another trip to the postseason, making it to the Atlantic 10 tournament. Picked second in the recent A-10 preseason poll. What is your mindset as a coach and, and, and the team as a whole, but first specifically you, when it comes to things like that, to be blunt, do you care? Like when you see that stuff, does it matter that, that the other coaches in the league – I mean, it's a, it's a sign of respect, but it's also kind of a, a sign of what you've already achieved as opposed to what, what – you know, no one's seen anybody yet. So, so what, what is your approach? Does it matter? Is it something that – you know, it gets used as motivation, something to strive for, or is it just in one ear and out the other? I think it's a little bit of all of that. Um, <laughs> honestly, compared to who you, it really matters who you're talking to. But for me, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter as much, um, you know, but I like utilizing it for, you know, motivation for our student athletes. I mean, I think you're right. It is a, is it a sign of respect. They've seen the, the body of work that, um, you know, our team has put together throughout the last couple of years and they know who's returning. And it's also anticipated of, they know, all of those coaches know who's come in as freshmen and seen them throughout the travel ball circuit. And so it's respect on that end of, of things as well. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just exciting that, you know, anytime you see the preseason pull out, that just means that it's time to play. And I think more than anything, um, that's just the, the sign of, all right, we're going we're gonna to be on the dirt soon and we're going to be competing and that's exciting. And competing this year for the Hawks, a number of, of key pieces returning on the offensive side. But you will have some competition for starting spots. And with opening day coming up real quick, how do you see the lineup shaking out for the Hawks this year? That's such a good question. Um, <laughs> I would say more than any other year, we're, we're really um, – not up in the air, but we have some ideas, and I, I I think we just have we're competing in every spot right now, and that's exciting, and that that gives me a lot of hope um, to see how this is going to play out. Behind the plate, uh, well, you'll see Maddie Fife again, um, but you're also going to see you know possibly Peyton Baxter, Shelby. Uh, Lamont and Jenna Curry, Shelby and Jenna are both freshmen. Um, it's funny, we, we were just talking about this with my staff the other day, and just out of the four, um, they all bring something a little bit different. And so it's really going to come down to who we're playing. 
um, because Peyton does an exceptional job of getting the ball out and getting it down to second. So if we're playing a team that's super speedy, you know, that's that's a consideration. Um, you know, and, and same thing with, with Shelby and Jenna. Jenna does a great job blocking. Uh, so, and but Maddie's been a ma- mainstay and she has the experience and she knows what she's doing back there and she does a great job leading our team. So, yeah. like I said, there's a lot of... Uh, pluses and minuses across the board and um you know it's 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 a good problem to have for right. sure um you know and it all comes down offensive too you know that uh, and i think that's why defensively we're a little up in the air right now um but again everyone's gonna get their their opportunity and we're gonna and let things kind of shake out a little bit but um on the corners you know jess uh, gagan you'll see her at third probably leading off like if in the sense of just, you know, if we're looking at Thursday, we play this Thursday, uh, you know, just being a senior captain, um, you know, she'll be a, a great uh, anchor over there at third for us, um, you know, because we have two middle infielders that Kayla Tauber, who played second last year, we're moving her over to short, and then we're bringing Sarah Kinsella in from right field and into second. So they're gonna be new, uh, at those positions collectively together. How big of a challenge is that, obviously for them, but for, for you guys as coaches to maybe even come up with the idea? Obviously, they have some experience at some point in their lives playing all over the place. But when you look at, at, at is that is that a, a matter of this gives us the best lineup if we take the right fielder and put her at second base? Or is it, hey, she's equally talented at both and we have more versatility and if need be, we can put her back in right field every now and then. Yeah, for us, it came down to we have a lot of talent in the outfield, um, and Sarah. Another good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, when we recruited Sarah, she's a true utility. So she actually spent more time in the infield than the outfield um, in travel ball. Gotcha. So I think you know it was more of a seamless move for us, um, and it was uh, yeah. The the answer was a little bit more obvious there. Um, but yeah, and that being said, we have a lot of bats in our outfield too. So <laughs> trying to figure out how to get, you know, um, the hottest nine, 10 bats out there, um, when, when need be. Right. Speaking of the outfield, who do you see as the, uh, the starting lineup come Thursday out there, left center and right? Ooh, that's tough. Um, you know, I, I do have one mainstay. I think, you know, Nick Bondock has done a great job um, of leading this team. And, and she just, her presence in, in center and her speed in center is just something that we, I know our pitchers love. Um, she's going all out for balls. So. Pitcher's best friend. Yeah, exactly. Really, um, really fast center fielder. <laughs> and that was my, my position. So, uh, no, so, you know, I could see Nick starting out there. Um, you know, unfortunately, Erica Lawrence, our senior left fielder, she um, just got a concussion a couple days ago. Um, so she's actually, she's not going to be able to play this, this first weekend. So that's a big bummer. But um, we have two freshmen that could fill in that left uh, fielder is Riley York and Meg Sinkus. Meg is also another utility. She could, you could easily be seeing her in the middle infield at some point at second. Um, she really is a, a great utility and a great find in the sense of just gives us tools when we need them, um, wherever we might need her. You, you could see her in left or right. Um, and then over in right, we have Haley Melito um, and Lauren Pasoka. Uh, again, whoever's bats hottest at the time, they do. They both do a great job over there. Um, so 
a lot of moving parts. You also have Carly Smith, who's played some center field. Um, she has great speed, and she could play any one of the outfielder positions. So you could see where we are starting to <laughs> add up the list uh, of of who who's going to play where. In the circle, you have two of your three primary arms back. So so what do you hope to see out of your pitchers? Obviously, you said there's a lot of talent and a lot of bats that will compete for time. Do you have the same, quote-unquote, good problem with your pitching as well? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think we um, have done a good job of putting together a group of pitchers that complement each other. Um, You know, Siler's going to be your power pitcher, uh, and, you know, Sage Sage manipulates in and out. Um, We just brought on a transfer, Jules, um, who, you know, she's more of a drop ball pitcher, which has been really nice. Uh, we have a freshman, Taylor Trowbridge, who, um, <clears throat> if when she's not in the circle, uh, we're going to find her a spot to play because her bat is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll see how that plays out, too. Um, and then, you know, we have Kaylin Cash and Carly Smith, who didn't get a lot of, a lot of innings last year, where we're going to try and see, you know, what innings we could get them this year because again what they bring to the table is different than the rest of them so i think collectively as a whole um well again going to be that that's going to be part of the problem is figuring out you know who's who's who pitches well who together and puts together complete games um because they complement each other um best so i think that's that's something that we're going to use this preseason to try and figure out as well um and that and then that goes into the uh, the other corner, first base, we have, you know, we have Kaylin Cash, who played there majority last year. So when she's not in the circle, she's she could very well be over there. Uh, Taylor Trowbridge also plays a very good first base. Um, Shelby Lamont, another catcher, she plays a very good first base. So and in the three that that are in that corner are very good hitters. So <laughs> trying to figure that piece out, too. Um you know, I, I, so you could see where I think collectively we're, we have depth, if, very much so. Um, it's just trying to figure out, you know, who has the hottest bat at any given time. When you talk about innings and at-bats for players, you're, you're going to have a lot of opportunities, a lot of games, and, and as we've mentioned, they're, they're starting already. Uh, an exciting non-conference schedule, a lot of uh, the kind of the tournament type thing. You're going, you're playing five, six games maybe in three or four days against all different teams. What is it that you hope to gain, you know, as a coach by by challenging your team in that lead up? Is it is it experience for them? Is it you know observation for you? Is it a mix of the two? Is is there something that, like in the back of your mind, you're hoping that come March when UMass comes to 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 Hawk Hill for the first conference series that that you can say, all right, we did this, this, and this, and that's what I wanted. Yeah, I think my student athletes being comfortable and the number one thing for me is cohesion of the team um you know seeing them as individuals go up and down um but seeing them collectively come together i don't know if we've ever truly gotten there and i think this team um has the biggest opportunity at least i'm most optimistic right now uh for this team to to see them come together and and have each other's backs and support each other so you know whether it be umass in the beginning or st bonnie's at the end of conference um we're still operating uh as a one collective unit and i think that um you know if we can do that 
together um, and obviously learning from our experiences and getting better as we go on right. um, and and but we'll handle the adversity better and um, we'll actually have you know the opportunity to have that growth and and utilize these games whether it be in preseason or the non-conference um, midweeks or conference um, to truly you know come together and then see that different outcome in a 10 tournament I think one of the interesting things about a, a softball or, or a baseball schedule is that when you get into league play, you have a series. Like you're playing three games against the same opponent, but leading up to it, you've got a lot of, of tournaments. Like you're heading to USF to start the year, off to Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, places like that, where you you might play somebody twice, but you're also going to play three or four teams. Is there, I mean, in theory, you can scout teams in advance, but when you're going to play four different teams over the course of a few days, is a lot of it just like, all right, well, this is, we know what this pitcher is going to throw, we know what these hitters can hit go ahead out there and do what we do and see who comes out on top? Or is it, you know, you're familiar with them over the years from going to the same events and and, and you kind of not quite the same familiarity as you build in Atlantic 10 play, but there's there's still some, oh, I hit her pretty well last year or she struck me out three times sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a little familiarity, but, it, you know, it's obviously not at the level of, you know, our, our local midweeks or our conference play, um, it, you know, it. I think because of everything you just said, uh, a lot of times we use the first couple weekends to really focus in on us and what we're doing well and, and areas that we need for to, for improvement. So, um, you know, in many ways it, it is very, it's just a different type of um, level of competition and, and uh, a different type of philosophy and focus and, um, you know, and just thinking about this first weekend, I mean, across the board of everything I've already said, you could see why it's super exciting to go in and play because we we will get a better idea of where we're at and what we're doing and what we need to work on. And I think because we've been inside practicing for three weeks, like, the team's ready for that, mm-hmm. you know, good or bad, whatever say, happens. It's 40 like, degrees yeah. today when you go to South Florida, yeah. you'll be outside in the right, sun. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, so good or bad, um, you know, we'll, at least we'll know then and then that will help us kind of direct when we come back north uh, for those two weeks that we have until we play at Coastal to figure out what we really want to focus on. Last question I'll ask. It's an easy one, but also maybe an impossible one to answer. When you look back at the end of the year, how will you define a successful season? Like, what do you need to see from your team? And obviously, I'll take away the easy answer of we want to win the Atlantic 10. Of course you do. That's the goal. But whether you get there or not, is there anything that you'll look at? And and maybe it's what you already talked about with with your team cohesion and and culture and chemistry and everything. Is there something that, that you want to see when you look back and say, you know what, this was a pretty good year, maybe independent of results? Yeah, I think, you know, there's always that bounce back effect. And I think teams that do come together can bounce back, um, whether it be in a series, you know, you, you lose at game one, you come back, you win game two, three. Um, that's always a good sign. Uh, so I think for me, um, I, I think the other piece that I, I think about when you ask me that is, you know, last year we were playing real strong through UMass, uh, well, up until UMass. Um, and then we, I would say we were probably playing some of the best ball um, that I've seen since I've been here. And, um, you know, and then it stumbles happen and that stress of, you know, academic stress that comes on, you know, late April, uh, early May, that, you know, we, we know it's coming, it always happens. Uh, and, you know, if 
for me, success would look like if we could figure out a way to to keep our stride and and keep getting better and keep having a growth mindset at that point. Um, I guess if I had that answer, though, you know, I'd maybe making a lot more money. But (laughs) (laughs) you could bottle that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, and so I think through that, and I, and then at the end of the day, and I think about my experience and and what we're doing here at, at St. Joe's. Um, you know, it's just, do they want to be together at the end of the year? Are we playing for each other? You know, are we playing for the name on the back of our shirt? And so I think it's just um, that piece is so super important to me, and it, and it says a lot with the the chemistry and the culture that's happening, and um, and then. Uh, you know, whatever type of experience they're having. Uh, if they're having a good one, usually that's when wins happen. So, um, yeah, that would that would be my my example of what success would mean for this team. Well, the first opportunity to have that success comes Thursday afternoon, taking on Boston University at the USF tournament down in Tampa. You'll also take on Illinois State, Boston College, and the host USF. Aaron Brooks, St. Joseph's head softball coach, thanks for joining us. Good luck this week, and, of course, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Our thanks, Coach Brooks, for stopping by, and to you as well for listening. We'll see you next time. Be sure to subscribe to the Kettle Club Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. You can also find us at sguhawks.com slash podcasts.